Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Nourished Connections podcast. Today I will be reading three of my favorite Christmas stories to you that are going to warm your heart and fill your soul with delight this holiday season. So cozy on down with the kiddos with a cup of cocoa and listen to me as I read you these three books. By the Fireplace. The first book we'll read is a book called Snowmen at Night. One of my favorite Christmas books. The poetry in this one is fantastic. This is written by Carolyn Buner and pictures are by Mark Buner. One wintry day, I made a snowman, very round and tall. The next day, when I saw him, he was not the same at all. His hat had slipped, his arms drooped down. He really looked a fright. It made me start to wonder, what do snowmen do at night? I think that snowmen start to slide when it gets really dark. Off the lawn and down the street, right into the park. They gather in a circle while they wait for all the others, sipping cups of ice-cold cocoa made by snowman mothers. Then the snowman games begin. They line up in their places, each one anxious for his turn in the snowman races. After everyone has had a chance at racing once or twice, they go on over to the pond to do skating tricks on ice. Sometimes they start giggling, and then they act like clowns. They bump into each other till they all fall down. They gather up their snowballs. The pitcher takes his aim and underneath the moonlit sky, they play a baseball game. No one knows just how it started, but soon it's quite a sight with snowmen throwing snowballs in the world's best snowball fight. Then it's time for sledding. It's a wild ride down the hill. Wahoo! They yell. This is by far the snowman's biggest thrill. Finally, they're tuckered out and getting sleepy, so they slowly gather up their things and one by one they go. So if your snowman's grin is crooked, or he's lost a little height, you'll know he's just been doing what snowmen do at night. The end. My next book is a favorite, a classic, from the Little House in the Woods series. This is called Christmas in the Big Woods. Once upon a time, a little girl named Laura lived in the big woods of Wisconsin in a little house made of logs. Laura lived in the little house with her pa, her ma, her big sister Mary, 
her little sister Carrie, and their good old bulldog Jack. Christmas was coming, and the little house was covered with snow. When Pa came in from shoveling, he caught Laura up in his big bear hug against his cold winter coat. His mustache was covered with melting snowflakes. Ma was busy all day long cooking good things for Christmas. She baked bread and apple pies and filled a big jar with cookies. Lara and Mary got to lick the spoon. Pa and Ma showed Lara and Mary how to make molasses candy by pouring hot sugar and molasses syrup into pans of snow. The syrup hardened at once and turned into candy. Lara and Mary could eat one piece each, but the rest was saved for Christmas Day. The day before Christmas, Aunt Eliza, Uncle Peter, and cousins Peter, Alice, and Ella came to visit. Lara and Mary heard sleigh bells ringing, and then a big bobsled came out of the woods. Aunt Eliza, Uncle Peter, and the cousins were inside, covered up with blankets. When everyone came inside, the little house was filled to the seams. Jack ran around in circles, barking happily. Now there were lots of children to play with. Lara and Mary and the cousins put on their warm coats and mittens and scarves and went outside to make pictures in the soft, deep snow. They played so hard that when night came, they were too excited to sleep. But they knew they must, or Santa Claus would not come. So they hung their stockings by the fireplace, put on their red flannel nightgowns, and went to bed. In the morning, they all woke up almost at the same moment and ran to see what was in their stockings. In every stocking was a pair of bright red mittens, and a stick of red and white striped peppermint candy. They were so happy they could hardly speak. But Laura was the happiest of all. In her stocking was a beautiful rag doll with black button eyes and a pink and blue calico dress. Laura named her doll Charlotte, and she let all the other children hold her. For Christmas breakfast, Ma made each child a pancake man. All the children held their plates next to the stove and watched while Ma made the pancake men one by one out of pancake batter. Peter ate his up right away, but the girls ate theirs slowly to make them last. It was too cold to go outside, so the children played quietly inside. They ate their candy admired their mittens, and looked at the pictures in Pa's big green book until it was time for the cousins to go home. Laura held Charlotte in her arms the whole time. At last, Aunt Eliza, Uncle Peter, and the cousins bundled up in their coats and blankets and got into the bobsled. Goodbye, they called, and off they went into the woods. In a little while, the happy sound of sleigh bells was gone, and Christmas was over, but what a happy Christmas it had been. The end. 
And finally, this book is about trains. It's called The Christmas Train, and it's a true story by Thomas S. Monson, illustrated by Dan Burr. I knew the question was coming, just like it came every year. My mother asked, Tommy, have you thought about what you want for Christmas? I yearned as only a boy could yearn for a train, not a common wind-up model train that was affordable. Rather, I wanted one that operated through the miracle of electricity. I looked at my mother and replied, I am hoping for an electric train. The times were those when many families were not earning a lot of money. Yet mother and dad, through some sacrifice I am sure, presented to me on Christmas morning a beautiful electric train. For hours I operated the transformer, watching the engine first pull its cars forward, then push them backward around the track. My new train went round and round with endless energy, and I never had to wind it up. Mother entered the living room and said to me that she had purchased a wind-up train for Mrs. Hansen's son, Mark, who lived down the street. Curious, I asked if I could see the train. The engine was short and blocky, not long and sleek like the nicer model I had received. However, I did take notice of an oil, oil tanker car that was part of his inexpensive set. My train had no such car, and I began to feel pangs of envy. I put up such a fuss that Mother surrendered to my pleadings and handed me the oil tanker car. She said, if you need it more than Mark... You take it. I put the oil tanker with my train. Of course, my electric train with endless energy could easily pull the additional oil tanker car. I felt pleased with the result. Soon afterward, Mother invited me to accompany her to the Hansen home. We gathered Mark's remaining cars and his wind-up engine and walked to his home down a nearby lane. I'll never forget the look on Mark's face when he received his train. Mark was a year or two older than I. He had never anticipated such a gift and was thrilled beyond words. He wound the key in his engine and was overjoyed as the engine and its cars, plus a caboose, went around the track. Just before we were about to leave, my mother wisely asked, What do you think of Mark's train, Tommy? When I looked up into her eyes, I felt a keen sense of guilt and became very much aware of my selfishness. I said to mother, wait just a moment. I'll be right back. As swiftly as my legs could carry me, I ran, I ran to our home. I sprang up the porch steps and burst through the front door. I picked up the oil tinker car, plus an additional car from my train set flew down my porch steps and ran back down the lane to the Hanson home. I joyfully said to Mark, we forgot to bring two cars that belong to your train. I don't know who was happier, Mark or my mother. 
What I do know is that was the day when I felt in my heart that giving had replaced getting. Mark coupled the two extra cars to his set and placed them on his track. Do you want to stay and watch with me? He asked excitedly. I looked back at my mother, who of course nodded her approval. I couldn't help but smile and say, sure. I watched the wind-up engine make its labored way around the track and saw Mark's face beaming. I felt a supreme joy, difficult to describe and impossible to forget. The spirit of Christmas had filled my soul. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. As we approach the close of 2023, I am overwhelmed with gratitude and love for each one of you who has tuned in to my podcast throughout the year. Your support and engagement have been the driving force behind every episode, making the Nourished Connections community truly special. I want to express my deepest appreciation for your time, your feedback, your podcast reviews, and the connections we've formed together. Your enthusiasm fuels my passion for creating content that resonates and uplifts. So may the upcoming year bring even more inspiration, growth, and shared moments. Thank you for being an integral part of this journey, and I can't wait to continue exploring, learning, and connecting with you in 2024. Wishing you joy, fulfillment, and countless new adventures. Merry Christmas, my friends.